And just then, one of the disciples looks up and, and, and sees a figure coming across the dark waters. Uh, am I hallucinating? Are we so exhausted and terrified that we're starting to see things? Looks like a ghost. Our uh, first word of our gospel reading for this morning is immediately, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat. So, it, you know, we have to think what immediately after what? what? What has just taken place in Matthew's gospel? If we back up a little bit, the disciples have had a, a big day. Uh, they've just uh, completed the the miraculous feeding of the of the thousands of people where they collected 12 baskets of leftovers after jesus uh, proved to be uh, the messiah of abundance and not scarcity and and uh, it was exhausting they were tired and then jesus tells them after all of that go ahead and get in the boat and head out across uh, the sea of galilee and as the day ends, the disciples do as they are instructed. They begin their journey. And after getting out there onto uh, the waters, miles from shore, in the middle of nowhere, a storm hits. One of those quick ones that comes from out of nowhere. It's a real howler. And if you've ever been in a smallish boat on big waters, when a storm comes up, you'll know what this is like. Uh, I like to remind us that when the disciples are in the middle of the action in the Gospels, we can see them as a stand-in for the church. And uh, it's helpful to have that perspective as we, as we consider these stories. Uh, so the wind is against them. They're making little headway. Uh, some of them must want to turn around, but others protest. Uh, we're, we're, we're almost halfway there. Let's just keep going. It's maybe four or five o'clock in the morning. We're told it's very early, and they've struggled all night to keep the, the, the bow of that boat into the wind, perpendicular to the waves to keep it afloat. No sleep in a situation like this. You can just imagine after all of that with the feeding of the thousands and the, and the fighting of the, of, of the storm, how exhausted, exhausted they, they must be, not to mention terrified. Now some of these guys, sure, they're professional fishermen. They know how to take care of themselves out on the sea. But they also know, because of that very reality, how much danger they are actually in at this moment. They all knew, all of them, every one of them knew people who died in storms just like the one they were now in the thick of. In other words, their fear is rational. Now, some of them are asking themselves, probably, why would Jesus send us out so late in the day, right into the nighttime. Why couldn't they have waited until morning? Why did Jesus make them start the journey as night was falling? As Matthew was writing this gospel, it helps to remember that the Romans were persecuting the Christians. Those Christians, like the disciples in that boat out on the stormy sea, were just trying to follow Jesus. But 
Like those in the boat, they were caught up in a storm that was not of their own making. Like the disciples in the boat, the early church was trying to do what Jesus instructed them to do, but things weren't going all that well. Many in the church today are feeling a similar way. There are so many forces working against what many envision as the way it ought to be, which is often the way it used to be, or at least the way I would prefer that it be, or choose to remember it, or budget concerns, attendance, social and justice issues, preferences, busyness, culture wars, anxiety, pandemics, the waves just keep crashing against the hull. Even so, we are always people of the promise. It is the promise that Christ is with us in the storm, that Christ will redeem us from the storm. So the disciples are out there on that stormy sea. It's a very familiar story, but it's always good for us to get into these stories and look around because there's almost all the time something new for us. Uh, It's maybe four or five in the morning. They've had about all they can take. They're wearied. They're battered. They're seasick from the rough waves. They're terrified. Their hands are blistered from the struggle to keep that boat into the storm, and it looks like it may well be the end for them. And just then, one of the disciples looks up and and sees a figure coming across the dark waters. Uh, Am I hallucinating? Are we so exhausted and terrified that we're starting to see things? It looks like a ghost. Sensing their fear, Jesus is quick to identify Himself. Don't be afraid, it's Me. But they're still not sure. So Peter speaks up, Lord, if it's really You, then tell me to get out of the boat and walk to You. Now, I don't, maybe it's just me, but that seems like a strange request. I mean, I would have expected Peter to say, Lord, if it's you, please calm this storm. We're about to go down. We've got nothing left. We've been fighting it all night. Not sure why you sent us out here in the first place. I mean, something like that, maybe. After all, Jesus had already done this, calmed a raging storm in the Gospel of Matthew back in the 8th chapter. You'll remember the story. The disciples are out there on the sea, and Jesus is with them in the boat during that story. He's asleep back in the stern, remember? And they finally get him up, and Jesus raises his hands and says, Be still, and the the raging waters go dead calm. You think any of those guys ever forgot that night? Well, here they, they've been trying to steer a course into this storm all night. They're tired, they're cold, they're wet. I think that Peter would have yelled, Jesus, if it's you, do that thing again that we know you are capable of doing. 
That's not what he yells. He says something like, Lord, if it's you, tell me to get out of the boat and walk out there on this raging sea. It would have never occurred to me. If I'm in a boat being battered by waves and I'm seasick and I'm tired and I'm out on the seas tossing my my boat around like a toy and I'm pretty sure I'm about to die, the last thing I'm asking for is to be called to get out of that boat. So why? Why is this the thing that Peter is asking of Jesus? And another thing, Peter isn't really sure that that's who he's talking to out there. I mean, what if it's not Jesus and this is what he's asking for? Well, to understand Peter's request... It's good for us to be reminded what it meant and what it means to be somebody's disciple. A disciple is somebody who yearns to know what his master knows. A disciple is somebody who yearns to do what his teacher does. A disciple wanted to walk like the the teacher walked. Devoted her entire life to being like her, her, her rabbi, her teacher. Jesus knows that if he just... Peter knows that if he just climbs out of the boat on his own initiative, that he's going to sink like the rock that his name implies. Petra means rock. But if, if Jesus calls Peter out of the boat to walk to him on the water, then, then Peter believes it is possible. So Peter says, Lord, if you please call, call me out to you, if it's you, call me to to do what you are doing. Call me to be like you, Lord. And Jesus says to Peter, okay, Peter, come on out of that boat. Walk to me on this water. And we should remember that this is not the first time that Jesus has called his followers, including you and I, to do something that would otherwise seem to be less than possible. He's already called his disciples to turn the other cheek if somebody strikes them. He's already called his disciples to walk two miles if anyone asks them to walk one. He's already called his disciples to love their enemies and pray for those who persecute them. Honestly, in our current divided culture, these things sound less possible than getting out of the boat and walking on the water. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He also calls his followers, his disciples, to follow him even to the cross. So it shouldn't come as a shock when Jesus honors Peter's request and he calls him to do the impossible. Okay, Peter, come to me. Walk on this water. So Peter climbs up over the bow He takes a couple of steps on the water. It's verse 29 in our reading for this morning, and I believe we owe it to Peter to pause on verse 29 at least for a moment. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. Verse 29. 
Now, we all know that as the story continues, Peter realizes what's going on around him. He, he realizes what it is that he's, he's up to and what he's doing. He, he loses his nerve. He starts to sink. Instead of focusing on Jesus, he starts focusing on the problems and the danger and the chaos. And in fear, he cries out, Jesus, save me. And of course, Jesus does. That's Always what Jesus does. He reaches down, he catches Peter, he pulls him back up, he asks him, why'd you doubt? <laughs> and maybe Peter didn't just doubt Jesus, maybe he, he doubted himself. He was such an ordinary person. And Jesus was calling to do something extraordinary. And, and just maybe Jesus is calling the church to do something impossible. Maybe that's always been true. But if the wind picks up and doubt creeps in and we feel like we're sinking. Maybe you've jumped out into the unknown in your own life and now you feel like you're in way over your head. Remember, Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you first. A rabbi doesn't choose you unless a rabbi has faith in you. Yeah, I think we should have faith in Jesus, but today on this Sunday in August, I want to remind us that Jesus has faith in us. I want to remind you Jesus has faith in you. And for one amazing, spectacular, spellbinding moment, verse 29, Peter stood out there on that stormy sea staring at Jesus. Why? Because Jesus said he could. Oh, the things that Jesus says we can do. How may God be calling us to get out of the boat? And let's be clear, it was not Peter's faith or his courage that saved him or the other disciples whom all stayed in the boat they were saved the moment jesus showed up they were saved before they even recognized that it was him out there and christ promises that he is with the church today jesus is with us now with sadie as she grumbles and says, I'm ready already uh, to enter the waters of baptism and the promises there. These waters are not always calm, but Christ is always there present with us, claiming and naming and calling us to move forward in faith with the promise that wherever we end up, wherever we go, Jesus goes with us. And wherever we hope to arrive, Christ is already there. We are reminded this morning that, in fact, Jesus believes in us, in the church, in you, and that has to be good news that the world needs to hear. So we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.